Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast co-hosted by family law mediator Jennifer Sanders and certified divorce coach Ashley Wood. This podcast features other divorce professionals, Q&A, tips, and updated info on all things separation, divorce, conflict resolution, and co-parenting. Whether you're newly separated or divorced, listen now for tips and advice on how to build a foundation for a more peaceful future. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Split, the After Ever After podcast. You are tuning in with myself, Ashley Wood, a certified divorce coach. And I am Jennifer Sanders, an accredited family law mediator. Hello. Hello. Here we are. (laughs) We're here again. We have fun. We have fun. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So we talked about dating in this episode Mm -hmm. and um, Ashley tried to be polite and not use the term. (laughs) I desperately wanted to use the term hoe phase, but just wasn't sure if it was appropriate or not. We were dancing around, but we talk a lot about a hoe phase in, uh, (laughs) in the podcast today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically we we talk all about sex after divorce and a lot about the difference between uh, sex and intimacy with um, Dr. Christy Overstreet, who yeah. is a psychotherapist, a clinical sexologist. Uh, she is also the author and a podcast host for Fix Yourself First. Um, and yeah, and, and that's kind of, that's what we talk about in this episode as well, how important it is to really focus on fixing you before jumping into bed with somebody else with their own issues. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You just take your baggage and just keep moving it around yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To, to different people. So yeah, this episode was a little bit like out of what we typically talk about, but I mm-hmm. think a huge topic, huge oh, totally, issue. Totally. Yeah. And uh, we see a lot of people, you know, when they're coming out of a marriage, that's a big part is figuring out your sexuality and what you want to be different. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so she has some great stuff to say and uh you can listen for how Ashley tried to <laughs> talk around explain what a whole phase is without actually using that said. when you're exploring yourself yes something along, you'll know you'll hear the awkwardness in my voice that's right okay so here's this episode with Dr. Christy Overstreet The divorce journey can bring with it an emotional roller coaster of challenges. Whether you are navigating co parenting, a high conflict ex, dating after divorce, or more in this new chapter, it's totally normal to feel overwhelmed and at times really lonely. That's why I'm excited to tell you all about Circles. Circles is an emotional support platform that connects you with a small group of others who are going through divorce in a safe online space. Guided by mental health professionals, Circles meet weekly in group video meetings and provide support in a 24-7 group chat. And guys, at $79 a month, that's less than the cost of a single therapy session. You don't have to go through this alone. Support is available. Head to circlesup.com and use promo code SPLIT2022 to get the first month free and join your circle today. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of Split the After Ever After podcast. We have a lovely guest with us on the show today, Dr. Christy Overstreet, and we are going to be talking about sex after divorce. Um, So Dr. Christy, we 
we're, we want to talk about sex after divorce, but specifically begin with what is the difference between sex versus intimacy and how can we get what we're really looking for? I'm glad you asked that question because most of the time we don't think about any kind of difference or maybe we're looking for intimacy and we're given sex and we can't figure out, wait a minute, why is it not matching? So the easiest way to think about this is intimacy means connection. And there's 12 different types of intimacy and physical intimacy and sex is including a physical intimacy is one of those 12. So the cool thing is that there's different ways to connect with intimacy, such as communication intimacy, uh, recreational intimacy, chore intimacy, crisis intimacy, just to name a few. So we think of intimacy as connection and we have specific ways that we get that connection. And that's different than sex. And you and I may define sex totally different. And, and that's what we don't think about a lot of times is in partnerships, we look at sex differently. I have some people that say, oh, well, oral sex isn't sex. Only penetrative sex is sex. And so one thing I encourage people to do is think about how do you define sex? What does sex mean to you? And knowing that we can't just lump that in with intimacy because intimacy, we can have intimacy in different connections with people that we're not even having sex with. So there is that difference. And I know in a lot of my past relationships, I was looking for emotional intimacy, that emotional connection, security and feeling safe and want to connect. And I was getting a whole bunch of physical intimacy and I couldn't figure out why was I not getting what I wanted? And it was because I didn't know the difference in that. So it's really important for us to realize in different situations, what are we actually looking for? And are we verbally letting people know what we're looking for in that way? Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, especially these different types of intimacy. The one, did you say chore intimacy? Oh yeah. Sure. Okay, that's my love language. I think <laughs> acts of service. Yes. If I see my husband vacuuming, it's it's going yes. down. It's <laughs> nice. <laughs> Absolutely. And think about that. You feel more connected when you see him vacuuming, and you're like, "Oh gosh, that means so much." Because you know how tough it is to vacuum and fit that in and do all the thousands of things that you're doing, especially as a parent. And to see that happen, you feel closer. You're like, oh, wow, that just does something for me. And work or chore intimacy is one that we neglect a lot of times that can go a long way. Yeah, definitely. So how how can we, you know, kind of get reconnected with ourselves, especially if you've been in a marriage and felt very disconnected from your partner and disconnected from yourself and how can you really get more in tune with what your needs are, especially when you may have been disconnected for that from that for so long? Well, you got to start with figuring out what you want. And that's a loaded question because most people, especially women, haven't stopped to say, what are my needs? A lot of us are so busy trying to take care and be caregivers and nurturers for other people and making sure everybody else is taken care of and we put ourselves last and then we end up sacrificing ourselves. And then a lot of us ends up resentful and angry when time goes by and we're not getting our needs met. So what we have to do to look at our needs is we have to view ourselves as a whole person. And this whole person model is looking at the different areas such as these different areas of yourself, your emotional self, your physical self, your sexual self, your recreational self, as well as your career self, and looking at these different parts of who you are saying, okay, 
in this emotional self, this part of me that how I connect with people emotionally. What am I lacking? What am I needing? What would be nice to have? And then we look at our sexual self and say, what am I lacking? What am I needing? And it could be something as basic as saying, I don't really know what touch feels good to me because I haven't taken the time or maybe it wasn't important to me. So something as simple as saying, let me just start exploring my body really gently to see what I might like. Or if that feels a little too heavy, which it does for a lot of women, especially those that may be struggling with their sexual self-esteem, is to say, what do I not like? And a lot of times we can really quickly say, oh yeah, here's a turn off one, two, three, four, this turns me off. And then we can kind of work backward and say, all right, well, if this turns me off, maybe this other thing might turn me on and have a different effect. So if we look at ourselves to say these different areas, we have these needs and write those down and identify them, that's going to be a huge step. And like I said, it can feel very overwhelming when you're not taking care of yourself in those ways, but just taking a little bit at a time and giving yourself grace that you don't have to figure it all out all at once. And do you think that this is a common problem? I mean, in what we do, Ash is a divorce coach, I'm a mediator, we often you see people that their marriage is ending or and they have already moved on into a new relationship and they have that view that that's going to fix everything that this new relationship is the be all and end all and a lot of times that that's problematic do you think that in your work do you see that that people aren't taking that time to actually consider what they want like what their goals are and what they want moving into another relationship absolutely especially if it's pain and sadness and disappointment, all the things that come when a relationship ends, because it's not just two people splitting up, obviously. It could be the family. It could be the extended family. It could be the friends group or the community group or spiritual group or whatever everyone's connected to. There's a lot of loss. And we have loss and pain. We want to quickly feel better in any way we can. That's why we see a lot of emotional relationships starting super early because anything feels good from what we were coming from before. And so that emotional high starts happening and that attachment starts occurring. And then sometimes these individuals find themselves really quickly in an emotional relationship and they move very quickly without saying, wait a minute, what did I actually want need? Mm-hmm. Another reason individuals do this is they're maybe consciously or unconsciously avoiding what they know they need to work on themselves and kind of just placate by jumping into that NRE or that new relationship experience with all these chemicals that feel good. And when that's neglected, it will leak out somewhere because all that space of not knowing who you are and not attending to your needs in these different areas of your life, it's got to come out at some point. It doesn't just go away. Mm -hmm. And that's why you'll see people in multiple relationships. They'll get one real fast and they'll lose out and they'll get another one real fast. And they're like serial daters or serial relationships really quickly after divorce because they've not stopped and said, what do I need? What did I deserve? Because most people don't want to be lonely. They don't want to be by themselves and they'll do anything in order to not have to take a look at that or to have to heal that. And that's why I encourage people like, You have to know when you're ready to take that step, but take an honest look at yourself first and say, what do I need to work on with any type of unhealthiness that I might be bringing into a future relationship? And I'm healing that for myself, not for a future partner. I deserve that. And then whoever gets the great opportunity to be with me, they get to benefit from that. That if we don't bring ourselves as a healthy, more days than not person into a relationship, we're going to have a repeat of that old cycle because we replicate what we don't heal. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when people are coming out of, particularly if it's been a really long marriage, you know, children, mm -hmm. you're kind of in that you don't know what you don't know. So you think that you're okay because you haven't had a moment of loneliness or to, to get some clarity over where you are. Yeah. And, and that's why it's so important. Like after those long relationships, who you were at that start of a relationship definitely isn't who you are at the end of that relationship. Here's your partner. And we're not meant to be. That's what I think a lot of people get wrong, especially in relationships. So like, wait a minute, you've changed. What's wrong? Well, we're supposed to change. Well, the goal is hopefully changing for, you know, in a healthy direction, but that's not always the, the opportunities that happen. So it's saying, you know what? I know after this long relationship, I'm different. My needs are different. My wants are maybe even different. My desires have changed because um, I'm learning who I am. And so slowing down and giving yourself time to figure that out and knowing that you may also have to go through a couple of relationships to figure that out afterwards, mm. to think you're going to go right into a relationship right afterwards and it be the you know end all be all. Like That's a little unrealistic. Now, good for you if that works, not saying it doesn't happen. But the cost of that change in involvement, you're figuring yourself out along the way. So that first relationship coming out of it may not be the one that continues to stick with you because if you realize what your needs and wants are. I think that's an important piece because I feel like sometimes people after that divorce, they get the idea that, okay, this time I'm going to do it right. And mm -hmm. not allowing like, yeah, you're probably going to mess up and there might be a few stops and starts and mistakes and they're and afraid of like failing that. again. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and then yeah. also if you introduce that new partner to your children yeah. and now you're like, well, I've already put my kids through all of this loss. I don't want to do that again. And people just commit themselves when they commit themselves so heavily in the beginning, it's yeah. harder to unravel. Yeah. So, Okay. Let's say I'm I'm divorced and I'm exploring who I am now and trying to get connected to what I like, what feels good for me. Casual dating, casual sex. Can we talk about that? Because as much as we want to explore what feels good for us, you know, just one on one, there is going to be some dating and like, what is your viewpoint on casual hookups? Is it is it healthy? And how do how do you go about that process? Because I think it's 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 one thing to say, you know, we're gonna explore what feels good, but it's also really easy to catch feelings. <laughs> you, you yeah, know? is it healthy? Like yeah. as a way of figuring out what you want? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm pro-casual sex as long as it's consensual obviously with both yeah. people and so it can be used in a very healthy way to help you test the water again without having that emotional attachment now look i know especially women majority of us not all we like to have some emotional intimacy connection or to have the physical intimacy connection but look we don't necessarily need that when it comes to casual sex because it's the epitome of what casual sex is it's casual it's not a relationship and for it to be done right, you got to make sure you got super realistic expectations of what you're going and getting. Now, that doesn't mean you turn off and you go cold hearted and you're like, oh, I didn't want to look at this person. I just want to hook up with them. I mean, that's not how we are either. right? Mm -hmm. But we want to be like, you know what? If they don't call the next day, I'm not going to be surprised. I need to go and prep myself and say, I might see them once. I might not ever see them again. And am I going to be OK with that? Not that I want you out there overthinking, but I want you to be pre prepared because prevention is the key. If we can prevent you know, this space of having hurt feelings versus having to react to them, it's 
it's definitely better. Um, it can be done in a way as long as you know what you're getting from that and making sure that you're not looking for a relationship, a full-term long relationship out of casual sex, because that rarely happens. Mm. Right. Okay. Good point. Yeah. So we're setting intention, but then should you also be communicating this in some way to the other person or? Yes. And, and that's the thing about it is I think so many people, especially women struggle to speak up about it because mm -hmm. depending on how you grow up, depending on what type of narrative you heard growing up, depending on kind of the spiritual place you might have grew up in, it's this idea well, you don't talk about sex. You just kind of do what you're supposed to do and you put all your pleasure to the other person and not take care of yourself. So there's a lot of things that can happen with that. So what we have to do is to speak up and say, hey, I'm just looking for casual sex. I'm not trying to catch feelings. Doesn't mean we can't hang out and go about to eat, but I do not want a relationship. And if you can be upfront like that and be really specific and direct, you're going to be more preventative of not getting hurt in the long run and hurting the other person. We're all about preservation of self, but we also don't have to be a jerk and hurt the other person either. We don't want to lead right. them all because mm -hmm. they may, because I mean, you're out there being awesome. They may start catching feelings for you, which is natural. But as long as you said the front, the, the front end of it, Hey, I'm just looking for a good time and to figure myself out and to be free. And I want to know, do you want to go along this journey with me or not? And as long as people have been transparent and upfront, it can be done very healthy as, as long as everything's consensual and protection is happening. You got to use protection. And that's a change right. when you're coming out of relationships and coming out of marriage, especially those long-term that you may not be used to, right? Of having to say, we need you protection. Oh, nope. You got to put a condom on there. Or, nope. We got to do this or let's use this type of protection. You can't wait for the other person to do it. It's not their responsibility. It is yours. Mm -hmm. And I would tell them the same thing. Mm -hmm. So we have to be really protective of ourselves and don't worry about, oh, you haven't had sex in six years and your last test was great. Who cares about that? Just use protection. Right. It doesn't have to case. be something, just any case, unless you're, you know, getting into a relationship with them and then you're both, you know, have already gotten tested and you're showing your test results and you're transparent, but that's not casual sex typically. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Then that's not, yeah, it's more a monogamous situation. I feel like that position for women, um, for casual sex is, is so different because we're so used to, we're kind of programmed, like you said, that word to want to be wanted. So there's still always this piece of like, well, I thought they should have still called or, yeah, you know, why definitely. didn't they check up or like always that wanting a little bit. Mm -hmm. um that comes to mind for me too when yeah. we think about actually setting intention i mean it's one thing to say it but to really get there and to really feel it mm -hmm. and feel that secure in yourself that i'm just doing this and i'm okay with you know not getting that call that's yeah well and i wonder do you think that comes from being the one in the driver's seat that you're making the request, you're saying, this is what I want. And that's already flipping it around, not waiting mm -hmm. for someone to ask or be interested in you. Absolutely. You're taking more of that, like you said, in that driver's seat. And I know that's hard because that's not typical for most women. And I want to tell everyone, listen, you don't have to be that way either. Don't feel pressure mm. that you've got to be like this. Oh, I'm going to get in the driver's seat. I'm going to tell them what I want. That can be really tough, especially if you struggle with assertiveness, you're a little bit more passive or people pleasing. So if you need to kind of get in the gray area of that, that's okay. You're if you have some feelings that come up like, oh gosh, I really wish I'd call. That's normal. Of course you want them to call. I hope you had a really great time and I hope you were very pleased in that experience. So why would you not want them to call back? 
You can want them to call, but then manage your emotions around that. What I don't want you to do is let it spiral you. And then you're like, no, I'm not ready. You know, I'm just upset about this. I'm not going to go out with my girlfriends because I'm upset they didn't call. Just don't fall off the side of a cliff. Just hang in there and get back on the horse however you need to. Right. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. Is there any other common mistakes that you see people making as they re-enter the dating world? I know we've covered a few already and you've shared some excellent tips so far, but is there any other common uh, dating mistakes that you see people making when they come to, uh, to work with you? Oh, absolutely. We, we're all really great at making mistakes, especially getting back out there. And one that stands yeah. out is that if, if, they, if the person has not worked on their own stuff, let's say their own baggage or the past experiences or the unhealthy patterns, it's really easy to project what they're going through on that partner that they're starting to maybe go on a date with, meaning they're projecting their ex onto them, whether it's either happening real time or an assumption. Oh, well, my ex wouldn't have done this, so I'm not even going to ask them for that. Mm. okay well this happened when I spoke up to this about my ex with this new person I'm not even going to try it because I don't want to get my feelings hurt this assumption that you know how the person's going to respond because of the past experience you had which is really unfair right you're not giving that new person a chance to show up how they're showing up mm-hmm. and it's almost like you're cutting them out from under you before you even get a chance to maybe get on top of them because you're treating <laughs> them and I love way, it right? You're, you're pushing that on them and that's really not fair. And one of the other mistakes is that you're, if, if you're in a relationship that damaged your sexual self-esteem, meaning it didn't enhance it, it didn't add to it, like you didn't feel sexual freedom with that partner to um, really explore what you like or have a silly moment or if they were very um, negative or nasty to you about sex and how you were doing something or not doing something, you also can easily take that into a relationship which can really keep you from experiencing pleasure. And what can happen is if that is your history, you go into that new relationship trying to please, 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 please this new person Mm. versus saying, here's what I would like. And this, this new person is trying to give you pleasure and you push that off because you're not used to it. Yeah. And that can be very disruptive to the new person. Cause you know, what we find is with majority of individuals, like you get pleasure from giving pleasure. And so it's like a two way street. And if you don't give that new partner that opportunity to give you that pleasure, you're cheating them again. So meaning cheating them out of that experience. So that is a couple of more common mistakes that we make going through those new relationships. And then, so what can someone do practically if they're in a place where they're not sure they want to start dating, but they think maybe they have some things to work on. How do they know when they're ready? What could they do? Well, you know, no one's going to be able to tell you exactly when you're ready, except you listen to your gut, listen to your, in, your intuition and trusting it more days than not. And a lot of times I say more days than not, because we don't trust yourself hundred percent of the time. We don't really do anything all the time. Right. So just saying, am I in a place that I'm ready to put myself out there and take a risk, a healthy risk, because you're doing it the right way, but knowing that it could go either way. And I'm not going to come off the side of a cliff if I do this and asking yourself, you know, if I do this, is there a chance I'm going to enjoy it? Can I learn something from it? Could I have fun or might I hate it? But am I ready to go just take that healthy risk? And I keep saying healthy because you've started working on yourself a bit to ask yourself, like, what are you looking for? Like what type of values in a person are you looking for? And maybe what values didn't align in that last relationship. And that's going to help you attract and pull in. That person's going to be a good fit for you, whether it's casual sex or a future relationship. Right. 
And it's okay to change your mind. I, I have a yeah. friend who's always like, you can change your mind, you can change your mind. So you could date a little bit and realize you're not ready or pull back or. Absolutely. We don't have to be all or nothing. It's not a, you know, a floodgate that flies open. And that's the cool thing about it is actually that shows you you're in control and we really like to be in control so that we feel like we're possibly not going to get hurt. So it's dipping your feet out there, going where you want to and whatever you think your limit is, and then kind of stepping back and going a little bit further if you choose to. It's 100% your control. No one else, because you're not in that past relationship, controls you. You control yourself. And that's really empowering. Thank you so much, Dr. Christie. This was a really great conversation to have with you. I know I learned a little bit myself too. And um, yeah, just especially this message about asserting your needs um, without guilt or shame. I, I, I know, I'm sure, you know, many people experience this, but I feel like women in particular, um, there is a lot of guilt and shame around speaking up and asserting your needs. So I really appreciate you um, emphasizing that with us today and with our audience. What is the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you, to either work with you or to listen to your podcast or purchase your book? We can include all this in the show notes, obviously, but... The quickest way to find me is either on Instagram at Christy underscore Overstreet or on my website, DrChristyOverstreet.com and all the information's there. Perfect. Thank you again so much. Thank you. Thanks y'all for having me. Bye now. Take care.